You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, here we are in Koala Studios on Desert Rock FM. You're with Clancy Overall and Errol Parker, editors of the Batuta Advocate. And today we have a guest we've been a big fan of for many years, um, always been keen to get him on the show, and he's finally agreed to come speak to us. This is... Ian Roberts, he's played 65 matches for South Sydney, 100 for Manly, 29 in the Deep North, and of course played nine matches for New South Wales. Yeah, that was for the old ARL series. I, uh, I think I played a, I played a couple more too for when they had the the Super League Tri Series. Remember when they had the uh, Queensland, New South Wales, New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the Tri State of Origin. Yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. and obviously played in rugby league during a very interesting time for rugby league when it was kind of rugby league's puberty, I guess. Yeah, there was say. kind of a, a development within the game. Yeah, yeah you were, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. A lot of money coming coming in from different angles and going to different areas. Yeah, that, and- that super league situation was quite uh yeah, it was quite a sensation when it happened because it, it all kind of panned out when we we just um, come back off the the '94 tour, and then uh, in '95 there was there was rumours and grumblings of this like rebel code. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then it kind of all exploded over those next couple of years. I was kind of lucky, like that was right at the tail end of my career as well. So I was kind of lucky to, to be able to grab grab hold of some of it. Now tell us, you you're ten pound pomps? Is that was the family? It's exactly what we are. I am. Yes, yeah. Were you born? <laughs> I'm I'm English born. Yeah, I was yep. born in Chelsea. Uh, Battersea, really. Chelsea, well, even Battersea sounds quite la dar now, but, but it used yeah. to be very working class. Trust yeah. me, my family. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, but I come over with my uh, mum and dad and brother and older sister. I was like two. Rugby league family, though, was that? Absolutely not. Right. Um, I think South it was one of those scenarios, if you can imagine, because we uh, were living in house, uh, housing commission in uh, Maroubra. Uh, and I was I just told my dad I was going off to play footy with the next door neighbour type thing and my dad footy being soccer mm-hmm. for the first couple of years dad thought I was playing soccer so yeah but then, I mean yeah it's quite literally like that yeah yeah have you ever had a go at soccer um, like <laughs> any kid at school but just I mean everyone wanted to play footy like yeah, yeah. league how did your, your career kind of progress uh, from that point on was it was it one of those things like yeah, I agree how did that happen like, yeah, yeah. someone goes hey come troll over here or it became something you were you, you, it became a pathway did you see it that way well no i never saw it as a pathway i mean i um you know my first year at south we're now talking like 86 i think my take-home pay for the whole year was nine thousand dollars yeah right you know what i mean so it, i mean i was an electrician when i first left school education wasn't a big thing in my family mm-hmm. i mean my uh, and i'm not uh speaking badly of my parents at all i mean the, the Education just wasn't a valued thing. And my mum, my dad was a truck driver when he first came over here. My mum was a cleaner. My dad ended up working at ICI as a foreman. My parents, uh, you know, school was almost at least substitute babysitting service you know, when my parents went to school. I mean, but I'm not saying that in any degrading manner or, or running my parents down. It was just the way it was. Um, we, my brother and I were always going to get trades. My brother ended up being a panel uh, spray painter, mm-hmm. and I was, I mean, it just kind of lucked in to, to become an electrician. Um, I don't know how because my school grades would never have quali- qualified me for being an um, electrician. I wasn't, I wasn't good at school. You might as well have been colorblind. Yeah, um, yeah, and things just kind of. Per- te- I mean, my, I mean, I remember being like eighteen, nineteen, wanted to give footy away. Like, uh, and I was up until I was about sixteen, seventeen. I wasn't really that outstanding at footy. I was a good player, but um, the last few years, 
Uh, I mean, I wanted to give away because of, at that stage, I was quite aware of my own sexuality. Yeah. Um, uh, and my dad kind of like persuaded me and pushed me into just playing for one more year. And that when I turned like eighteen, that's, that was kind of my turning point. I got yeah. graded for South, and mm-hmm. things kind of started to progress that way. So, um, but it wasn't for me, uh, you know, like a, a way out of the, you know, a way out of the slums. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't ever foresee like see it like that. Yeah, I was just kind of, yeah, nineteen eighty five. Things kind of kind of kicked off for me. Yeah. That's all. So to ramp up now. Tell us when you were playing. Obviously, was was there any other kind of identities in the game was there anyone who was even a little camp or someone that you could kind of look at that within way? the game no yeah. not no. Oh, no, no i mean my, my uh, family were mad south supporters yeah. we used to go to redfern and sit behind the post every every, every weekend um well it, you know i hadn't even thought about it like that looking i, I don't think i ever no there was no character well no i say characters there was no one that came across in in, in any way um theatrical yeah. <laughs> um yeah there was yeah no absolutely not yeah no it's it's an interesting thing because you get referenced across all codes uh, obviously when when any kind of debate comes up you get kind of referenced or oh, you know, one thing that people do say is uh, love to see you say that to Ian Roberts mate you know that kind of thing yeah do you think that's um do you think that's part of being the first Openly gay professional football comes hand in hand with being the most violent man in rugby league. <laughs> um, I'm definitely the campest, yeah. but I mean, ah, oh, look, uh, that uh, yeah, that's uh, that whole situation and reputation came about because of a, a, a couple of uh, specific incidents. Yeah. Um, anyone that knows me knows I'm not that way. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's kind of nice to, to have people live in fear of you, you know, <laughs> at times, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's a bit awkward. That's that thing for me is a bit awkward. Yeah, that, yeah. that whole Gary Jack thing. Yeah, yeah. College, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that a slur? Can you tell us that much? No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was me acting out. I mean, I'd work. You know, the, the truth of that whole situation is, and, and I, I say this with the utmost respect to, to, to Gary and his family because it has caused caused them a, uh, a lot of uh, pain that was inflicted by me. Um, that was totally a guy acting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was frustrated at the time, and uh, I worked with Gary at, at the time too. We we uh, were both um, working in, uh, in what was it, insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew Gary. It just um, that that uh, he just it happened to be the wrong situation, like a mm-hmm. wrong moment, yeah. yeah, the wrong place, the wrong time, type thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess that was all immortalized really by uh, the Red Dragon. Uh, about his uh, resurgence, oh. I guess how he had that uh, that viral hit he, he had a couple of years ago. Bring back the Biff, yeah. yeah you, you were referenced a lot throughout Red Dragon stuff. Oh right, okay. I wasn't. I wasn't so aware. okay. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> Actually, that makes complete sense to me now for other reasons. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just the knuckle. Mario yeah. Fennick yeah. gets a lot of mention. South Sydney, something about. Uh... Oh, but they, but we had a ferocious pack. I mean, I, oh, me- yeah. I remember when I first like came in in, in '86, like uh, Dave Ball, Liz, uh, Liz um, Davison, um, uh, Mario. It was. They, I'm just trying to think what the name of the core was when they were going to have an all-in the first, um, the first scrum. I used to be, I used to shit myself. I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this, guys. I come to, it was mother or something about, and I was just like, oh, we go in and there was this core mother. I'm like, oh my god, here, like, who's going to get split this time? It's just like, it was. All, I used to hate that core. Yeah, they were like, and they were ferocious. Like, you're now talking back in the days when guys, literally, 
it, it um, used to knuckle on. Yeah. Like, toe-to-toe. Yeah. It was, Coat uh, hangers. It was... Yeah, and as a, I mean, as a young... Like, I was only, like, 19 or 20, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I remember just being, like... I mean, like, the first time we played... Um, St. George in the uh, Charity Shield Cup in the uh, that's pre-season yeah. and I was playing against Craig Young who's like one of my as a kid growing up I thought he was a, like an incredible player and I remember he hit me like we, I tackled him he got up played the ball and then he hit me and I thought to myself shit I don't know what to do like it's Craig Young, you know, it's like this. Like, and there was another time in England when I was playing against Les Boyd. Yeah. He was my god, mate. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. He butted me and split all my nose and split all my lip open. It was in a what was that? It was a final for the John Player Trophy, I think. And I just, I almost froze. Just like I didn't know how to react. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mark Guy always says that about uh, when he had his run in with the King Wally yeah. Lewis. Is like, do I ask him for an autograph? Yeah, it was, <laughs> <Do I hit laughs> him? absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Now tell us when you came out in at while playing. Right now, there's all kinds of uh, support networks for players. Probably there's probably a bit of work to do, but there's still you know you got a Indigenous pathways, you've got kind of liaison officers, you've got all kinds of stuff. What was the protocol for you back Mate, back then? I don't um, I don't imagine there was a protocol. Just while we speak, I just like to uh, Andy Brennan, who just the soccer players just come out. I just wanted to like send him out loads of love. Like well done, mate. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I was quite impressed when I, re- I read his story yesterday. Yeah, um, more power to you, Andy. Um, the protocol for me, I'm, shit, um, uh, just to survive. You know, yeah, a bit different, <laughs> bit different for Andy now. I guess yeah, I mean, was. yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, um, you know, that was like 1984. I mean, I suppose it was made easier for me in the fact that it was only my first couple of years at South. I'm now talking like 86, 87. I was kind of once again, I'm using inverted commas, in the closet. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in, in 88, 89 at South, everyone knew I was going, like, mm-hmm. they, you couldn't, I mean, I used to take my partner, to, you know, the am partner or whatever, to the game. I mean, George Piggins once told me that, you know, you had, I had to stop going to those clubs on Oxford Street because people were talking about me and that was set out of love. He was mm-hmm. in a caring manner. Um, and but, when, but you were going to those clubs on Oxford Street. Oh, absolutely. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were quite recognisable yeah, yeah, yeah. in South Sydney. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then when I went to Manly in 1990, um, <laughs> I always tell this story because this, this is how obvious it was. You know, you know, like the the team mascots, Eagle, the big uh, seagull, that big foam crazy suit. That was my partner, my boyfriend, Shane. Right. Like, and everyone knew. It. Like, we were quite open about it. Like, so, it, it, like the guys, the media. I was kind of in this in the situation where they were so respectful. No mm-hmm. one ever pressured me or asked me about my private life that they were all, it was almost like they were waiting for me to, to talk about it. and I took Shane uh, on the 94 tour actually this is a wonderful story part of the policies is, is like players in the end room so you have, you have your there's two players in the room you stay in the hotel wherever you are we're in England up in Leeds and players um, <laughs> players partners uh, wives they, they can't stay with them in the hotel that's just the way it is the team's for the team and your partners when they come and watch you play well at that point, Shane had come over and was going to the games. And this, but there was a couple of times Shane had stayed with me and um, not stayed with me. We, we stayed in the bar having a drink, whatever, before he went back to his hotel. And I remember one day, um, Bose, Bobby Fulton, rang me up and he said, he's just like, Robbie, I, I, uh, can you come up to the room? I need to talk to you. And this, I wasn't out, right? And this is going to, people might take this as almost being offensive, but this was the most embracing moment in my football career. I got in, I got up to Bose's room up in the in the penthouse. I walked in, you know, I knocked on the door. He said, "I'll come in, whatever." And he said, Robbo, uh, 
just, he started tapping his foot and he said, just sit down, mate. And he was he's sitting opposite me and he was scanning the room, not wanting to make contact. He was touching his forehead. He was like, oh, mate, I need to talk to you. And I was thinking, shit, someone's died. Like someone's something really bad. Uh, and he's like, Robbo, um, Shane can't stay in the room with you, mate. <laughs> and I was like, Bose, he's not. He's, he's staying across the road, mate. He's just. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm not a problem. All right, all right, well, off you go, mate. All good. We're, we're clear on that. <laughs> it was like the most embracing moment. It was just like, I felt like giving. And I did. I just said to him, Bose, I really appreciate what you did, done, mate. Yeah, like yeah. It's, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, well, partners, partners aren't allowed, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us what the uh, transition was like going from going from Oxford Street, you know, arguably the the best the old place. Ox- we're talking about the old Oxford Street. Yeah, Tuba, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old one. Living on the fringe. Yeah. And swapping Oxford Street for the Strand up in Townsville. <laughs> wow, okay. That, um, As the first openly gay yeah. rugby league player, player in, in the Queensland. I remember... Uh, Under Wayne Goss. Yeah, there's a, couple of, I mean, there's a couple of reasons I went there too. I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of the young boy who committed suicide. It was my, that was... That, that, that was part of that reasoning too I, um, but and getting out of Sydney and getting as far away as I could that was partly the reason for signing with the Cowboys but it ended up being one of the best decisions for me personally because I do remember on one of the uh, uh, Bob Catter <laughs> <laughs> the colourful Bob Catter I remember one of one of the um, the articles in the, in, the, in the news when I'd signed to go up there was that he was no longer going to support uh, the Cowboys while they had a like, like a gay man and I ended up being captain the first year which must have really really <laughs> yeah, <up>. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean I'm, and good luck to him whatever but it was, it was one, like they were um, Tim Sheens is obviously the utmost professional he and, like there, there was no issue for me in the transition I'm not going to say there weren't um, naysayers mm. I mean, I've always had the, you know, the hate. No, I'm not haters. It's just people who, who have a different opinion and who just mm. seem to want to voice your opinion. That's yeah. fine. I mean, there was, there's always going to be that element. Mm-hmm. But Queensland, were, they were fantastic. Like, North Queensland was, like, it was wonderful. It was, it was more than I could have expected. Do you find, uh, you know, regardless, really, at the end of the day, if people have a go in league, and then, uh, sorry to sound like Scott Morrison, but if people are actually, you know, people can rise to the top regardless of, who they are and what club they're at. Like, Hazem Elmajri is an interesting example. I mean, for, yeah. and, until about... A, a couple of weeks ago, I yeah. mean, like, the bloke who scored the, the most points in the NRL has never had a, a beer before. It's, pretty, it's a wonderful story, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a wonderful story for, for that fact in itself. It, it, like, it so surprises people and, 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 and kind of takes people, uh, you know, uh, knocks them back a bit. It's just like, yeah, I, I find... But, I mean, sport's pretty... I mean, particularly league leagues... What, what I've found in my own experience and, and the way the the league community that they totally accept it, like they're totally embracing. Mm-hmm. It's been it hasn't been a bad experience for me. And that's why you know it's like that's twenty five like it's twenty five years in nineteen ninety four. You know I came out. I just that's why I've, it's always puzzled me. But no one else in the, in the major codes is apart from Andy. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, it's taken this long as of twenty four hours. ago. Yeah, as of twenty four hours ago. It's almost <laughs> like I. But I mean, you know, it's not for me to judge people too because it's uh, everyone's journey is their own. You know, like it. Um... Well, we were saying that there's a famous Chris Rock joke where he says, he's saying to the black community of America, you should appreciate it while we've got a black president." He goes, "Because there's not many like him." He goes, "There's not many black men that grew up in Kansas and Hawaii." 
You know what I mean? And do you feel like there's a little bit of that in Ian? There's not like you know. There's at the same time while you're uh, you know you were named one of the toughest men in the game. Do you think that played a big part? Like that that could have definitely shut a few people up in the process for you. Yeah, I suppose it like um, it kind of uh, slaps people in the face that uh, there's that imagery of of you know what is it to be a man? That whole masculinity, that homoerotic. Mm-hmm. There's that whole like like blanket that you can throw over it and it kind of so me playing front row and being known as a bit of a like a brawler a bit of a knuckleman yeah you know like um enforcer yeah, well yeah yeah but, but it kind of get, like goes in the face of, of, of what some people expect i don't know i mean i, I, I should imagine it kind of mm. made it a bit easier for for me and, but um there is that question you know like and people can't equate the whole thing about the whole sexuality thing is still so grey and so blurred in in, in some people's minds. Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, it is it is interesting that across all codes it hasn't happened before. But but you know, rugby league we find is an example of a multicultural code. Maybe it's a class solidarity thing that happens in rugby league. But you know, the booing of Adam Goods in the AFL that was something that rugby league fans couldn't fathom. You know, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 now Israel Folau with the way he's popping off—that's also something you wouldn't see in rugby league. That's a really good description. I mean, I um, any of those situations arrive, I just can't see them arising in league. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I I do uh, I work for the NRL. We do a program where we—it's uh, um, uh, like a theatre sports. I use that, that word theatre sports. It's very similar to what we're doing. We go around. There's four four actors, me, two other boys, and a girl. We go around to clubs and we have these scenarios. We play out. Uh, to the players, mm-hmm. and it's a safer environment to get it wrong or get it right, you know what I mean? Yeah. But very safe to get it wrong. And 90% of the pl- players are right on. We have, uh, there's probably three or four scenarios. One's about um, misogyny, drugs, homophobia, uh, gambling, or a couple of the, the subject matters. 90% of the guys get it right. 5% of the guys are a bit iffy, and five guys, and it's normally that 5% of guys who don't get it right, that's a learning point for everyone, you know. Yeah. Like it's a safer environment to get it wrong, but it's. Uh, I can't see the, the rugby league community being as forgiven, if forgiving. Certainly wouldn't spend, uh, you know, an entire season booing an Aboriginal football. Oh, just like it's, it's just. It's <laughs> You'd an be un- booing it's all day. It's an unbelievable. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But it's an unbelievable thing, you know. Yeah. It's almost like a, a real head scratcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. And Adam, it's. Like, I mean, knowing Adam, it's like I just that whole thing was like, people have no. Yeah, some people, those people booing have no conception or no of who this guy is. Mm, yeah. yeah. Do you think that Israel Folau knows the harm he's causing? Or uh, You know, I've, I mean, I it's kind of weird. Whenever, um, not weird, I mean, it's to be expected. Anytime there's anything to do with sexuality and and, and any of the major codes in Australia, I'm, I'm the go-to guy. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not saying that in, in any, like, shaking my head and like or wobbling my head in, in pride or anything. Um, no, I don't believe he can fully understand that the potential damage he's doing to people. He's he's not even aware that that are seeing his post and seeing the way this whole situation's played out. And I I said it. I, there was an interview I did on one of the Sunday uh, sports shows earlier about vulnerable people and, and kids who are dealing with their own sexual identity, young people. Um, you know, a lot of those people are Christians as well. Mm. It was a bit difficult to say um, the first time about the impact in and the LGBTIQ community. That the children, the kids, are five times more likely to attempt suicide than their straight peers. I don't like just rattling these figures off, but they are figures that are real. You know, this comes from beyond blue. Trans kids are eleven times, and it's 
I don't think Israel can possibly understand it. It's those constant, these sort of collectively over time, these types of, I can't call it hate. I mean, it is, it, it's almost that borderline hate speech and mm. him not being aware of, of how hurtful it can be. Especially Collect- in a pressure cooker environment. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, um, and collectively, to, to hear those those calls, and there are kids literally, like, in so much self-doubt, these types of, yeah. If he wants to call it a message, I mean, I don't even know how to word that, put it into words, but it, you know, it has a potential damage of it, of, of someone harm, self harming. Yeah, Israel, you don't get it, man. I'm, I'm sure you, you, you know you believe in what you're, you're saying, but the, I promise you, like you know, those kids wouldn't have heard any other news stories, but they heard what you said, mate, because it, yeah. do, it affects them directly. That kind of stuff sticks in, in the yeah. whole news cycle. That's yeah. what they're, they're going to hear and see. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one, and it's particularly interesting because it's coming from someone who, prior to this, really wasn't a personality. He was a well-known footballer in, in both codes, but wasn't a person. Like, have, has anyone ever heard him talk before? That's another thing. <laughs> I don't think... Well, no. Well, Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, do you think the rugby union has a long way to go, like, as opposed to rugby league? I think it'd be interesting to see what happens mm. now, what sort of penalties brought down. Mm. I mean, anyone that knows... I mean, I... I read a good um, article in one of the papers a couple of weekends ago. I think it was by Paul Kent, and he and he mentions section four four point four of the um, of the of the players' contract. Even reading that section, it's Israel's in clear breach of his contract. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, there's it leaves no it leaves no doubt reading that section. Yeah, um, and to do it to do it after resigning again, this is his second infringement, um, and and the fact that he's not willing to take that post down. Mm. It doesn't leave much room for, for the for rugby union to yeah. do anything apart from to dismiss him. Raylene Carson <laughs> hasn't she? She's taken a hospital pass for this job. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it is uh, it is interesting because uh, you know when when you talk about that kind of stuff, the the gay community actually were, became a very uh, you know big supporters of the Wallabies after. Uh, David Pocock, you know, with all this stuff oh, about gay marriage. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, how, and how couldn't you love David Pocock? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has got a, yeah. He's got a rig. <laughs> he's Jack. He's, and, been in, um, he's been on here before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the major sponsor of the team now is Qantas. You know, that's Alan Joyce. Obviously run by Alan. Yeah. yeah so. I, you know, I, I kind of like, when people say that about Alan, Alan jo- like, I think I think that's unfair. Oh, he's only doing it because he's gay. I'm like, no, he's, <laughs> no it's like. <laughs> I wasn't saying. No, no, no. Well, no, no yeah, yeah. I wasn't inferring that either. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. But, yeah. but I mean, I've had that. Like, the reason he's on board is because, he, you know, he, he's, I'm like, it's not that at all. Yeah. And also, you know, every male employee of his is gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big portion, of, even yeah, the pilots. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So you know, it is you know, there's a community that he's not. He just doesn't even see that's like kind of pays his bills. You know, after Pocock kind of uh, you know came out and said he wasn't going to get you know married until everyone could get married. You know, such people, a powerful people, statement, mate. Like, I mean, people went out and bought scarves, and yeah. now they've got to throw them in the bin. Thanks, Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pal. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's you know, like that's a pair of words as well. You know, mm-hmm. like we we can use better. Yeah, yeah. Words. I mean, what do they say? Words are weapons. I mean, they can be used that way, but it, it just like it's a real head scratcher for me. Mm-hmm. Like that the Israel or that people around him don't see that potentially. Yeah, yeah the damage. Yeah. Well, it's funny though because we have had a, a couple of people inside Union. Uh, they've always said that, that you know Israel always comes up with this stuff on a buy round because he goes off home at the church. He starts clapping and they get in his head. But you got to be 
you can't be that easily kind of persuaded. Right? No, well, you know, he he has been in a magazine uh, in the past where you know he he was like homophobia stops with me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I, I know and, the article you're talking that, about. And he had that really nice haircut. <laughs> very good. Yes, very yeah. good. But he's done a 180. Like it's yeah. a complete. Yeah. It's, it's a complete 180. Mm. It's it's an interesting uh, concept, and it also you know is it the death rattles for uh, for Wallabies in, in in an important year for the yeah. Wallabies World Cup. How much exposure have you had to rugby union over your career? Because uh, we spoke to Matt Rogers. He said he was just coming in uh, when the NRL was being made, you know, that was just like that unholy marriage. Right. We asked him, you know, I said, so why did you go to Union? And he just went... I didn't take a haircut. <laughs> no, he goes, he goes, I certainly didn't take a pay cut. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, uh, the marriage you're talking about is obviously the Super League and the uh, the yeah. ARL and they come in. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I played Union at school, but it was just something, because that's all the school played. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, not, I'm just not a big fan. I mean, I I don't mind watching it, but it's not my game. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I, it's like I don't watch a lot of soccer either. Yeah. Um, Did you ever get people from other codes tempting you, or was it there was too much going nah, on with the Super League and, nah, the, and was, the ARL back then? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, there was no. Yeah, I mean, my um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have adapted to any other sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's an interesting uh, interesting whole yarn that um, that Super League. You know the the car park meetings that players were having and all that kind of stuff. It just sounded it was like a real thing. You know, like it was a real thing. The world having lived it. Yeah, yeah. It was really much like that. It was really, really like that. It was like players signing in the car parks after training with like with, with, <laughs> with these dodgy people jumping out of cars and like it was like being approached and being called by by people connected to each side of you know the warring parties. It was yeah. almost this is this was it was quite a surreal. Well, there's 22 professional teams. I mean, the, yeah. the talent pool would have been very, very shallow. Like it, Even Adelaide had a team. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, uh, I'm just trying to think, when I first played the first year at, at the Cowboys, it was Super League. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were playing in front of, like some of the games we were playing in front of, there was probably a couple of thousand people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, not at, obviously not at um, not at home. They were always played in, in front of a, 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 a packed crowd. But yeah, it was... Um, it was a surreal moment. Mm. Yeah. We were just kind of like, what is keeping this afloat? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It <laughs> was just waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now, tell us, what was um, was it harder to hide your um, sexuality than it was to hide your love of theatre in, the, uh, in the NRL? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah there's, they don't mix well um, there either. Kind of weird. People always ask me how I got into acting. It's almost like I was... I was kind of like I'm gay, first mm. of all. Yeah, um, and at school I was always kind of part of the ensemble. I was always involved, you know, w- with theatre and, and, and bit of a thespian. Yeah, well, you know, like I was playing footy as well. But I mean, it was I always had an interest in it. And um, when I retired, it kind of, you know, quite literally, the story was I was my car broke down just up the road from NIDA mm-hmm. on um, Anzac Parade in Kensington, and I was walking by NIDA, and I just thought on the way to to, to a garage, give me car had parked, uh, broken down. I thought I'd just pop in there and see if there's someone I could speak to about getting some, maybe some training or maybe, it was just one of those moments. I was just literally walking down the street and I had some time to kill. And I went in there and I was introduced and met uh, Kevin Jackson, who was uh, one of their, their leading acting teachers there. And it kind of just panned out for there. I stayed, I, I, Kevin uh, was, was coaching me for about six months. And uh, he suggested I put in to do the, the three-year degree course. And I thought, and I said to him, I'm, aren't I too old? And he was like, no, like, 
if you if you if you're old enough, you know, you're good enough. If you're old enough, regardless mm. of your age. Oh uh, yeah, and it kind of just happened from there. Yeah, right. So you you are you working now? In, in- uh, yeah, I'm doing. Um, I'm working on a show uh, for the ABC, the uh, Les Norton. Uh, the, the, oh right, uh, yeah, the, um, the Robert old, G. Barrett, yeah, names, uh, Muriel's director. I've been involved in about four of the episodes, and they've had a different director for all. Oh right, okay, right. yeah. Right. So, you, are you playing? A- I'm playing um, character named Foghorn. <laughs> he's, he's great. It's great. Like, he's just this happy-go-lucky, tough man who is um, just always giggling and laughing, and everything, yeah, right. and everything's funny to him. It, it is a, like it's quite a nice, nice, and he's got not quite a nice arc in the um, in the series. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does it bring back a little bit of that old oh, city for you? Yeah, absolutely. I like. Um, I mean, I live in the cross, uh, but they, I mean, I live in the cross now, and they people call it Potts Point. And to me, it's always the cross. Mm. You know, it's always it's the yeah. cross. But there, we've been doing a lot of shooting in the cross um, around in, in some of the back alleys and and some of those um, old dodgy um, the laneway entrances, and, and mm. so it's yeah, it's, it's been it, yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, interesting character, old. Uh, Les was a deer and bandy boy, Western Queensland, made very his way good. down to red-headed uh, kid. Yeah, 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 made his way down to play for Easts, was it? Uh, very good. He played. <laughs> he played reserve grade for East. Very good. We, yeah. we just uh, we just done that uh, some of that shooting uh, last week. We we're at Erskineville Oval, which oh, was right. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know it's it's iconic across um, obviously Sydney, but all right up into the bush too. They all uh, everyone kind of loved that idea. I think in Western Queensland that maybe they could go down to Bondi and you know, absolutely. Be, be absolutely. a bit of a less. That's yeah. a good way of looking at it. Actually, yeah, you're, you're spot yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's not too many. There's not too many actors that can say that you know the first movie that they ever acted in was uh, directed by George Lucas. Oh, so I was saying, yeah, well, yeah. I had a very, very yeah. So oh, you have done your research. How, oh my god, that how is, did that happen? I mean, like ex- you've just come from exactly. From, how did long, that happen? Got yeah. a long career of rugby league. You that f- that came through acting school. Purely being well connected to Fox Studios, I was because I've yeah. been to Super League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole Fox uh, Murdoch thing. Um, I got to know some of the the, uh, the high rollers involved in there, and I randomly said one day training one of those guys because oh, yeah, they were shooting at the Star Wars in town. Then I loved to be like if I. Like a week later, I was behind one of the, behind the bar, serving goblins and, and, and oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you get the job. Yeah. You know, I would love to be in that massive franchise yeah. you guys are filming yeah. next week. Yeah, I'd love to be in the biggest movie of the summer yeah. worldwide. Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. So that wasn't sure. Film. I am. Where, sorry, where was that film? Uh, they the, the uh, they they filmed that at Fox Studios. Some some like a, yeah. a, a, a big chunk of the uh, the movie because that was Studios. when uh, they they made the Matrix here. They made a, a, mission, lot, yeah. a mission Impossible here. You know, there was just I think it was something with Howard. You know, how he just had some tax breaks or yeah, something. there was tax or, breaks for there was tax breaks because I remember um, no one can forget Billy Zane in the Phantom that was filmed on the Gold Coast. That was um, there was there was an era, right? There was that a was lot of stuff getting definitely filmed. a period of time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing it again. They're filming um, that Elvis one. Baz Luhrmann's filming it up, up on in the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I think a lot of the Mission Impossible Two movie was filmed down at La Perouse. Very good. Yeah, down very good. there. Yeah, yeah, very really? good. Yeah, absolutely. So you're from down that part of the world. What is it like? What was it like as a kid down there? Like the South Sydney kind of. Uh, we, I mean, I the Bunny Belt. Yeah, I. Um, <laughs> 
We lived in Maribor and, and South Coogeel Housing Commission, mm. and then we moved to Botany. Uh, yeah. we, mum and Dad bought the first house in Botany. I was about 13. We lived in Housing Commission before that. Um, Botany was all factories and, and fibros, old fibros. Um, it's just, it was knock about. It's just, you know, like, was it tough? No, it was only as tough as mm-hmm. um, as an ex-kid. Yeah. yeah. Not as um, well, not as tough as uh, Mike Whitney would imply it was when we interviewed him. <laughs> oh, mate, it's t- Matraville, mate. It's so tough. <laughs> no, he, I bet you he was referring to all the. Uh, it sounds. Remember those those almost like mythical groups, the Sharpies. Yeah, 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 yeah. the Sharpies, yeah. the Bodgies and the Widgies. And oh my! That. <laughs> that used to be a thing when I was a kid. I used to be terrified of the Labrador yeah. Sharpies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they were just a, they were non-existent. Yeah, but it was yeah. just this mi- oh, yeah. mythical group of. <laughs> yeah. There was another question that we asked him: is um, I've always wanted to know where does the how everyone knows that the roosters are from the divide the east, right? Where is the cutoff? Like, is there a road or a park? Or, the divide, you know? yeah, yeah. I, um, right, used to be Malabar Road. So, if, Mal- you're, in, if you're in Maroubra, mm-hmm. you're a you're a South bloke. If you're yeah. in Coogee, yeah. you're an East bloke. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that kind of goes all the way up to. Uh, I mean, Redfern. Geez, South have a bit to work with, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, then you, you you go from there into because also the, the Dragons territory, don't absolutely. You? Because yeah. I mean, that was also the South Juniors as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, if you're the Malabar side is uh, is South Juniors, and and uh, sorry, the uh, the South Coogee side is South Juniors, yeah. and the uh, the Coogee side. Is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then it goes all the way down uh, to Brighton Lassounds. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit easier uh, up in Brisbane uh, for us Queenslanders. Yeah, I think it's the, Cap- the Capricorn line. <laughs> and then we have two teams. And no one supports the Gold Coast Titans. So, uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, well, thanks for joining us today, Ian. This is a refreshing change of pace for all of our listeners who have just as as this goes to air will be absolutely fed up with the politics and uh, the election the, uh, the 2019 federal election so thank you for coming on and having a chat to us mate. pleasure guys pleasure thanks